We're so glad you're here today, and if you're visiting, uh, we're glad you're here too. And uh, if you're not visiting, we're so glad you're here. I want to remind you of our, our little cards. They're working out really well. Uh, if you have a prayer request, please put that on there. Something that's going on in your life you'd like us to know about. I really use these, uh, and it keeps me kind of focused and going forward. Also, if you uh, would like to be in our text um, and aren't, uh, please put on there and just say, I'd like to be on the text tree and get texts regularly. And then if you're a guest, just put that in there. And there's a little glass box in the back that you can participate and throw that in after the service. Or these things are everywhere in the back of the building. So a couple um, things I want you to be aware of. One is uh, Wade, most of you know, Wade's mother um, was in a bad car accident the other night, Friday, I believe it was. And she, my understanding is, she broke her neck and... Uh, I guess it is a fixable um, thing, something that they can fix. In fact, I think they started the surgery today at 10 o'clock. She's at a trauma center in, in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and that's where Wade is today. And so continue to pray for her. Her name is Sharon, and, uh, and the Lord willing, they'll be able to, to do uh, what, uh, hopefully there won't be long-term damage. That's, that's, our, that's our goal, and that's our prayer for Sharon and for Wade and their family. Also, Connie Law uh, lost her sister this last weekend. We had another loss, um, and so uh, she'll be having the funeral. Uh, we'll be having it in two weeks, I think. And uh, A lot of the family is gone, and so um, be uh, remembering Connie. Um, their family is going through a lot. Uh, Randy's going through another back surgery, and just a lot of things going on. So please be praying for them. Let's pray. Um, I'm a mess today. I don't know about you, but I'm just all over the place. I uh, had one of those weeks that just were kind of crappy. <laughs> Just being honest with you, and uh, I noticed that a lot of you have had those weeks too. And uh, I, every time I get in one of those things, I my messages tend to go towards me. So today I wrote my message for me. So if you uh, if you are not involved in it and you want to just leave, you can leave towards the middle of it if you want to. If it doesn't mean anything for you, I, I you know I, I just wrote it for me. So uh, you you uh, you are welcome to tune in this morning if you want to. So let's go. Jesus, we pray for you uh, this time, and just uh, use my words, uh, even though I'm a mess, and I always am, at least I got my voice today, and it doesn't sound so deep, and so I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for the people that are in this room, and they mean so much to me. I thank you for their uh, kinship, for their friendship, and most of all, for their love for you. I just pray that you will increase that this day, and that uh, you would just walk around this room uh, these next few minutes, and... Uh, just do what only you do. We praise your name. Amen. Okay. Well, uh, in two, uh, 25 days, I turned 65, and uh, I told you I went on vacation, and I started thinking about this thing called Reboot, and I, I, I've, I, want, to, I want the next, you know, if God doesn't, uh, if Hezbollah and Hamas don't, the Hamas or whatever they're called, they don't, they don't, you know, start us into World War III, which maybe they are. And I'm still here. What what do I want my life to look like? And I've been looking at that a lot. And so I, I said I want to um, I want to talk about rebooting. How do you start over when things are just not not exactly where you want them to be? And I, I think the last couple of weeks have been good because I've had some dialogue with some of you, and some of you it has uh, it has started to tickle your ears a little bit and started to. Uh, move in your heart a little bit. And so I, I know that God wants to do these things in us. 
Uh, maybe you're here today and you know, there's things that you want to change about you. And that's really what we're talking about is changing things in us. Things that are just hard, 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 hard to change. Uh, you need to change your connection to God maybe today. Maybe you're here and, and you're just not connected. You want to be, you want to be, but you're not. Maybe you're here today and you, you need to change your health. Maybe you know that you're not eating right, you're not, you're not doing the things you should be doing with your, with, your, with your lifestyle, and so maybe you've tried and it just, it's been a horrible failure. Maybe you need to change your relationships or your habits, or maybe you want to change your energy level, or maybe you want to just change a, a reboot in a relationship, maybe just start over and just say, you know what, we've been really failures as friends. We've been really haven't been doing too well as, as a married couple. Let's, let's start over. And that's perfectly okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to say we're not doing so well. It's not a, it is not a, a, a crime <laughs> to say, let's begin again. Let's begin again. And so that's what's the beauty about being who we are. We're Christ's people. And Christ's people get do-overs. We get, we get um, these, these reboots in our life, and we can do it all the time. Regardless of what area in your life that you want to see changing this morning, I want us to look at making the hard changes in me today. So last week we talked about it's a choice, that changing is a choice. And, and I, I really dialed into that a lot, and it, it, it puts it on us. Today I want to talk about making the hard changes in me. How do we, how do, we do that stuff that's ingrained in us? The stuff that maybe our mom and dad's helped cultivate in us, knowingly or unknowingly, the things that, that happened to us, that shaped us, that formed us, that made us into who we are, and that part of us is kind of like a defect. And every time we, we refer to that, we, we come to that spot in our life where we want to react, we react because that defect is, is that defect is in our life. And so we, we act defectively. We act not properly. We don't handle it well. And that's the kinds of things that we're talking about today. Why is it so hard to change the stubborn areas in your life? That's what we're going to talk about, number one. And <laughs> what does God say it takes to change them? What does God say it takes to change that stuff that's ingrained in us? That is there, and we know it's there, and a lot of people around us know it. You know, that's just the way she is. She just talks a lot. She just seeks attention a lot. You know, that's just the way they are. Really? Okay, see, that, that's stuff that can be worked on. That's stuff that, can, that, can, that God can do something about if we let him. So here's some reasons why we don't change the hard problems, because I always got to start out with that. Why don't we? Why don't we change? Why don't we do a reboot? Why don't we just say, let's start over? Because you do that, don't you? You've tried that before. Yeah, I'm going to do better. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. Why, did, why is it so hard to change? Because I've had these defects so long. Because it's just been there. <laughs> it's just been in me. You didn't get the way you were overnight. It took years to get that defect, to get messed up the way you are. You were messed up in your own specific way. God created you to be this, this one way, and you are messed up in a, in a different way. Why is it so hard? Because I, 
identify with the things that are there. Well, because the things that are in me, I, I, I look at them and I go, ooh, that, I, that's kind of comfortable. I identify with the things that make me kind of special a little bit. Not special, this kind of special, but just kind of different from everybody else. And we confuse our identity with our, our defects. And so all the time we say things like, well, you know, I'm just a workaholic. I just work a lot. I just, I just got to work all the time because I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of my family. I want to work, 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 work. I got to work. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I got to do this. I'm workaholic. That's me. Or I'm, I'm passive. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get in there and shout. and I'm not going to get up there and fight. Or I'm, I'm aggressive. <laughs> I'm a really aggressive. I'm, I'm, you, you, you come after me. You come after me. You get the tail. You got the bull. It's, it's all going down. It's, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Or I'm timid. I'm just, I'm just shy. Okay. Because I identify with it. That's just who what somebody told me. That's what I felt when I, when I acted the way I acted. So I felt shy. So you know what? Now I'm a shy person. <laughs> or I'm, I'm, an over, I'm, a, I'm a not creative. I'm not very creative. You know, I just don't ask me to do anything. Oh, I can't do anything creative. Really? <laughs> the one who made you created you know, rainbows. He created everything there is, and he, he puts some of that in you. And yet you go and say things like, well, that's just me, or I'm lazy, <laughs> or whatever. You, you've got it. Because I identify. Why it's hard to change? Because I identify with him, because I've had him so long, and because there's a payoff. Ooh, this is a hard one. There's a payoff. Anytime you do something over and over and over and over again in your life, whether it's good or bad, helpful or unhelpful, healthy or unhealthy, there's a payoff behind it. In some ways, an emotional payoff, maybe a relational payoff. Maybe you get rewarded for the, the defect that's in you, that you've, that's just been there. You get rewarded for the bad habit in some way. And listen, church, whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. Let me say that again. Whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. That's true in parenting. It's true in your workspace. It's true in your marriage. Whatever gets rewarded gets responded, or gets repeated again and again and again. We don't continue to do things that we don't get rewarded for. We don't. We stop. Ouch. I'm not going to put my hand on that, furnace, on that stove again. That hurt. Here's an example. Let's just use moms. We'll beat up on moms just for a second because we can. Sometimes we beat up on dads a lot. So today I decided to take moms because I happen to not be a mom. I'm a dad. Mom wants the kids to come to dinner. Mom says, hey, kids, it's time to eat. We're eating at 5.30. Be down here at the table. 5.30, Hey, kids, it's, uh, it's time to eat. Minute two goes by. Kids, I said get down here now. And guess what? Mom gets rewarded. Here comes the kids. What did they just learn? They learned that 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 they got to do what their mom says. And maybe three or four yells in, but they're gonna do it. Because mom got to that pitch, she got to that voice, she got to that tone, and now everybody knows what it, it's time to eat. It's time to eat. So sometimes stuff that I want to change in me, I know that isn't good for me, I still keep doing it because I get rewarded for it. 
because I get rewarded for it. There's a payoff. Fourth, because Satan discourages me. And boy, is that a big one. Because Satan comes against me, and when I really want to change, and when I really want to do what the thing, he has that thing, that battle that goes on in our head that's stuck on autoplay. That goes, why are you trying? You tried before ten times. You tried to stop that. You're a loser. You're never going to do it. You're never going to be the woman of God that God wants you to be. You're never going to have to. You, you don't want to read. You don't want to listen to the word. You don't, you, don't want, you don't want change. See, the Bible says that Satan is an accuser. He's an accuser. What's he accuser of? He's an accuser of you telling you that you're stupid, that you're not worthwhile, that your dad was this way and you're going to be that way too. That your mom was like that, and you're going to be exactly like your mom. No, I'm not going to be like my mom, and yet you end up being exactly like your mom. Satan's an accuser. What does it take to change? Every change starts between your ears. We talked about that last week. Look at Ephesians 4, 21 and 27. says this. Since you have heard uh, all about Jesus and you have learned the truth that is in him, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life which is rotten through and through. It's full of lust. Boy, that's true. Deception. Oh my gosh, yes, I ain't telling you the truth. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must put on a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness. You are righteous, you are holy, and you are true. So, bucko, put away all the falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth because we belong to each other. My life is hard. I don't have it all together. Neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Here's your neighbor. <laughs> don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. Here, here's a few biblical principles to follow today as you look at that, that scripture. If you're going to be serious about making changes in your life, based off of that scripture, listen to these four things that I want to share with you. How do I change the hard stuff? How do I come against the hard stuff? Number one, number one, change requires learning and facing the truth. You have to face the truth. About what? About you. About you. Proverbs 23, 23 puts it really simple. It's an old proverb. It says this. It says, learn the truth and never reject it. Learn the truth and never reject it. About what? About me. About us. You got to learn and you got to face it. What's the opposite of rejecting? It's facing it. It's accepting it. It's admitting and acknowledging and you act on that truth about you. Often we want to learn in, in, in about, the, about the things that are going on, but we don't want to know so much about us. Because if we have to deal with us, we have to do some things in us. We have to face the truth that inside of us, there are some defects that are there. They're there from the time you were born. The very day you got here, <laughs> things started happening in your life. And when we see that truth, we look at it and we go, Nah, not today. Not today. I'm not going to face it. See, be, behind every self-defeating uh, uh, defect, there's a lie. And where does that lie come from? It comes from Satan. But it gets banked in us. It gets steeped in us. And it's there. And every time we go to, to do something about it, that lie goes, you can't. You can't. 
And it's a lie that we believe about ourselves and we think that's who I am. And when you believe a, a lie, we think that maybe somehow our life's going to be okay. We learn to face the truth about ourselves. The most loving thing you can do for God is you can say, <laughs> when that truth comes at you, is that truth or is that a lie? Ephesians 4.15 says this, love should always make us tell the truth. About what? About us. Then we will grow in every way and be more like Christ. The reason we don't grow is because we don't tell the truth about us. To who? To us. It doesn't matter what we tell to other people. People see me. They see your stuff. They see the way that you act. And they, they don't call it out. If they did, they wouldn't be your friend very long. They, 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 they just kind of let it go. You sometimes have to, to do an introspective thing, an introspective look at yourself and say, what is the truth about me? And then I've got to face it. I've got to face it. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, and, and it's, it's, this is where it all comes from and is where it starts to. All Scripture is inspired by God. You've got to turn to Scripture. Where do you get the truth? Where do you know what's true about you? All truth is inspired. All Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It straightens us out, and it teaches us to do what's right. It is God's way of preparing us in every way. So we're fully equipped for every good thing that God wants us to do. So you've got what you need to, to face the stuff that comes at you. That's why the, the word is so important. The Bible does a couple things. It shows us the path to walk on. It shows us where to get off the path. And it shows us how to get back on the path. And it shows us how to stay on the path. That's why the Bible Oh, we keep talking about it and saying, do you, do you do anything with the Bible besides come in here on Sunday? You come in here and you get a, a full buffet and I stuff it down your throats and you waddle out of here and you don't do anything with it for another seven days. That's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. Well, I want to change. Do you really? Then you've got to let the, the, the change agent in. The Word of God is the change agent. You must have the change agent in you. God's Word is a mirror that reflects both the good in us. Oh, that, look at me. This is who I am. I'm a child of God. And it reflects the bad. The parts that other people see in you and you may not see in yourself. You say, well, Jeff, that's kind of that's rough. <laughs> but it's true. I know there's stuff about me that people don't like. And I'm like, I, I, God, I want to work on that. It's like, I, I'm 65, and I've, I've got through 65 years. But, you know, I, I want to start being a little better. Surely I can do better. Surely I can do better than what I'm doing. God's Word's a mirror, and it reflects both the good and the bad. What's another way that the Bible says that we can change? Number two is, is this. Lasting change requires that new thinking that we talked about last week. We talked about this, and what we, we say, we, we said, we, I just want to reemphasize this because it's the key principle for ever starting anything new in your life. If you're here today and you want to do it, has to start in the brain. The battle for change begins right there. It's won or lost in your mind. Ephesians 4.23 puts it this way. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. 
Let the Spirit renew your thoughts. Not you, not go to a seminar, not go to not 14 reels, not doing this, not, not, not taking up. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. So here's how it's worked. Follow me really closely. I, I hope I don't get this messed up. I have practiced this, I have practiced this, and I practice. If I goof it up, I'm sorry. Let me, let me try. I wrote it down so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm going to try to read it because I didn't want to mess it up. Okay, here we go. Here, here's how this works. All feelings start with a thought. Feelings that you have are feelings that you have about yourself, in yourself, ways that you feel about the things in your life. They are response. Your feelings are response to a thought that you have. You, you see something and you have a thought about that. Okay? Follow along with me. When you, what you think then determines how you feel. And what you feel determines the way you act. Are you following me? Are you, are you, say yes, no. You're following? Okay. So you got that. So now... What you think determines how you feel, and what you feel determines the way you act. All right, we got that. But the way you change the way that you feel, see, you can't change your feelings. Okay? Understand this. That's why so many of you have a hard time with emotions. You're so crazy. You're angry. You're mad. You're sad. You're, 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 you, know, you use the emotion that you are. You're just off the charts. You can't change your feelings by changing your feelings. Does that make sense? You can't say, I'm, gonna feel, I'm not going to feel that way anymore. I'm going to stop feeling like I'm a big, dumb ninny. Well, that's nice. And how many of us have said that? Yeah, I'm going to stop feeling that way. Yeah, that's me. That, I want to do that. The only way you can change your feeling is indirectly by going to the root of it, which is the thought. The thought. Change the way you act by changing the way you feel. Change the way you feel by changing the way you think. Change the way you think about things. You can't change how you feel. There's a Bible word for this process. It's one word, and you know it, and you know it well, because we've talked about it a million times in here, and you know what the word is? It's repentance. It's repentance, and we don't like to talk about repentance. We don't like it. It's a Greek word. It means met, that says metanoia. Metanoia. Metanoia is a reverse in your mindset. It is a U-turn in your mindset. It is, it is taking your mindset, what you, what you think about, and it is churning it around. It is a repentance. Philippians 2.5 says this. Let the same mind and attitude be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Is that possible? Yes. Let the same mind and attitude be in you which was in Christ Jesus. You can have the mind of Jesus Christ. Wow. How's that possible? Because he left you his word. And he left you his spirit. The two most important things that possibly can be out there. Now, again, what you think is a choice and choosing is the beginning of changing, okay? All right. So when you begin to put in your mind in Christ, it goes like this. You're, the defects that, that are in you, that are deeply ingrained in you, you begin to see them in a totally different light. You don't begin to see them as, this is what, the, what my dad said about me. This is what my coach said. Or this is what, you begin to look at them differently. And you begin to say, what does God say about me? 
and there begins to be some change that whittles away. Does it go away overnight? No. See, the defects in us are often strengths that are being misused. Let me say that again. Your, your, your defects, the things that you don't like about you, they're strengths that are being misused. They're irritating things about there. And you, you, you don't like them about you, but you do them anyway. And they, you, it happens and you go, why did I do that? It's because it's a defect and it may be a strength that is you're misusing. On a, on a, for instance, it's like this. If God has given you the strength of discernment, in other words, you know things and you can, you can look at something and you can take it apart and you can really put it together. And if you've got that, that strength, that gift of discernment, and, and you, you look at somebody's life, you're going to be tempted to misuse it and you're going to be judgmental about everything in people's lives. I know what to do. This is what I did. And pretty soon, people aren't listening to you at all. And so what you've done is you've taken this defect and that God gave you as a gift to really do something for him, and you've made it into something that propels people away. If God has given you the strength of being detail-oriented, and you, you, can, you, can, just, you can just cross off the, 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 the I, the put on the I and cross the T's, and you can, you can organize a dogfight. You can, you can walk into some place, and you can just put it all together. You're so detail-oriented. But if you don't use it correctly, and you become picky, and you become unpleasable, and you become high-controlling and finicky, and pretty soon, nobody can do anything like you can do because they're not doing it your way. And pretty soon, everybody's just a big, dumb ninny, except you, because you know. How in the world does that work? That defect, that the good gift that God gave you to do those things, you should be using it. But oftentimes, we use our gifts to hurt things and hurt people. God has given you the strength of being able to get along with everybody. Some of you in here, you can do that. There's nobody you can't get along with. Some of you, you can't get along with anybody. But some of you, you can get along with everybody. You know what happens? People begin to walk all over you. And they take your yes for a weakness. And they take your help for a weakness. And pretty soon, they're walking all over you. And you're going, ouch, that, that hurts. You see, you, you take, God gives you these gifts, and we turn them into, not God, we turn them into defects. My personal defects are often my attempt, my attempt to meet my unmet needs. That's what I've found in my own life. And I want to share that with you because I've been learning it the hard way. Let me say it again. My personal defects are often attempts to meet my unmet needs. So something's not getting met in me. So you know what I do? <laughs> I shine in some other area, and I, 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 I put it out there, and all of a sudden, I'm going, that didn't feel like it was help. I didn't help anybody. All I did was make more work for them and more work for me, and I got hurt because they didn't see what I was doing, and uh, that's hard. My personal defects are my attempts to meet the needs that I, I need met that only he can meet. Let me tell you, my wife can't meet him, my kids can't meet him, my grandkids can't meet him, you can't meet him. Only God can meet those needs. And that's why we, we break off relationships 
That's why we, we take things that are important to us and we just shove them aside. You have to be very, very careful. See, you're, you're attempting to meet needs in your life and you're doing it the wrong way. And God would say to you today, look inside today. Look inside at the way you handle things. Everybody here has a need for respect. But if you don't get respect, you'll go out and you'll try to get attention. You watch any of our kids back there that are junior high, they're loud mouth, and then they're just, they're just screaming, and they're, and, and they're wearing things, and they're saying, this is who I am, and I identify as this. And I, they're just trying to get respect. Somebody to say, you're something. But if they don't get that, they're going to get attention, and they're going to get it the wrong way. Be very, very careful when your kids start acting out. Be very careful when your spouse starts acting out. Be very careful when your friends start acting out. Because it's, it's often a cry that says, I need your respect. I need somebody to, to come alongside of me and say I'm okay. To say I'm not this person. Defects often are unmet need being attempted to be satisfied in the wrong way. So let's review where we've been. And I gotta, I'm going to close. I'm just about done. First principle to remember is lasting change requires learning and facing the truth. Know the truth. Face it. This is me. This is who I am. This is what God wants me to be. How do I find that out? I look in his word. This is how he wants me to be. He doesn't want me to be the way all the media tells me I want to be. He doesn't want me to be the way I am because somebody else says that's the way you should be. He wants me to be that way because what he says is lasting. It lasts. It is right. It is proper. It will make a difference in you. Number two, lasting change requires a new thinking. And lastly, number three, <laughs> lasting change requires the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit. You can take those first two and work those all day long. If you don't include the Holy Spirit, you will fall flat on your face. This is not something you do with human energy. You don't change the hard stuff. And that's where I'm trying to, to let God do some of those things instead of me doing them. And I've tried that for so long, and I'm an utter failure. And i got a feeling some of you are too. Zechariah says this way, 4-6. This is the word of the Lord. I'm going to let you read that. I'm not going to even read it. Just let you read it. Listen, you can't change yourself. You cannot transform yourself. You cannot reboot yourself. You can't make yourself into a tiger or a leper, or if you're a he, a she, and a she, a he. You can't do that. You can't do it. You don't have that ability. Now, God made you a tiger, then you better be a tiger. If he made you a leper, you better be a leopard. If he made you a he, you better be a he. Is it confusing? Yes. Were things confusing in your life? Yes. Did people treat? Yes. Horrible, horrible things have happened. But it doesn't mean we have to affirm that identity and say, you know, God made a mistake. When did that start happening? When, 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 what audacity do we have to say God screwed up? Boy, guys, we got to be very, very, very careful. 
You can't transform yourself into being like Christ. Only the Holy Spirit can. And it takes time. It's going to take the rest of your life. And it's a slow process. And until the day he calls you home, you're going to be working at it. And you're, you're going to get cut off on the knees. And you're going, to, you're going to be hurting. And you're going to be struggling. But the good news is God's there with you all the way through. First Corinthians says it this way. 3.18. As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. That's my goal. I keep telling you that all the time. Our goal is not to, not to be these perfect people. Our goal is today to be a little bit more like Jesus than I was yesterday. That's it. That's it. Well, Jeff, you're asking me to be perfect. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying God, God says <laughs> a little bit more today than you were yesterday. Step by step, it's an incremental process. Did you know when God takes a mushroom, he, takes, he makes it in six hours? Did you know that? When he makes an oak tree, it takes about 60 years. A mushroom lasts about mm, six to 12 hours after it comes. Oak tree lasts for hundreds of years. Which one do you want to be? Do you want to be a mushroom or do you want to be an oak tree? Yeah, me too. I want to be something to last. I want my change to last. I don't know how much time I got. I don't know if I've got two minutes or I've got 20 years. But I know this. I don't want to be like I am today in 10 years from now. I want to be different. Not different bad, different good. More like Jesus than I am today. I don't want to have the same hiccups. I don't want to have the same defects that I have. I don't want to have the same fears, the same warbles, the same, the, the same warts that I've got in my life. I want to glorify God by living my life. Do you? Do you? Let's pray as the band comes. God, I'm tired of trying to be a mushroom. I'm tired of, of working and toiling hard and, and then it just whatever that change is, it just kind of goes away. I want to be an oak tree. It has roots that are deep. Roots that, that stretch towards you. Roots that, that reach for you. Limbs that, that do things for people in my life to help others. God, to help me not to make this life about me. Help me to make my life more about you than about my comfort, my pleasure, my thoughts. So God, today I just pray for our ministry time that you would dwell amongst us and that you would begin that process of change. If, if everything I said doesn't make sense today and nothing I said, everybody tuned out, that's fine. But God, I know you can do something these next few minutes, so I ask you to do that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you've never opened your life to Jesus, if you're here today and you've never done that, <coughs> Never ask him, say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. Maybe today's that day. If you're here today and you're going, you know, Jeff, I, I, I need to, there's some defects in me. Change is hard. It is. Change comes at great expense. It comes through discipline sometimes. Sometimes it comes through our submission to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it comes because of both.
Where do you want God to move in your life today? That's our ministry time. Let's see what the Lord does these next few minutes.
All right. Well, um, today uh, I want to say to you is uh, this. Open yourself up to Jesus and see what he says. Open yourself up. That's all I got. Open yourself up and see what he, see what he wants to do in your life. He will meet you. He will meet you. I promise you that. He's been meeting me, and I love it. I love it. Not that he isn't meeting you. I'm just saying, I, I, that's all I've been doing is saying, here I am. <laughs> do something here, because this, this knothead is not getting it. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm, I am a big knothead. This week, I told you, it was kind of a screwy week, and so I thought I sent the news to Abby, and Abby gets here today and says, uh, you didn't send the news. So I'm going to do the news. So here we go. Here, here's the news. It's another one of the things I messed up on this week. Um, today, uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Um, so uh, I, I'm not Abby, but I'll try to remember the important things. So number one is uh, if you're 55 and over, we're going uh, on Tuesday. It's going to be perfect weather, 60 degrees. Going to go down to Madison uh, if you can go. Leaving at 10. Please sign up today. It's important that you sign up. If you don't sign up, we won't, may not have enough transportation. Jimmy says our bus is going to be done. We'll see. Uh, if not, we'll take something. We'll take the box truck, and you all get in the back of the box truck, and we'll take it. <laughs> Brandy says, no, it's full of stuff. Anyway, um, let's see. I see the Elkins back there. Is, is Erin here? Yeah, she's in the back. Go in the back and pin. Let's look at that. Not little baby. That <laughs> nine pounds something. It's a big baby. He's a big guy. So go back and say hi to her. She's back in the back. Just from afar. You don't have to go close, but just say hi, Erin. Uh, she's here today, so we're glad you guys are here, and uh, it's good to, good to see you guys. Could I talk uh, about the women's retreat really fast? And then I'm going to let um, uh, Kelsey uh, Genera ta- yes. talk about the women's retreat. Thanks. And I think she's right over here. Yes. So uh, we are having the women's retreat, we hope, this November 10th through 11th. We don't have many women signed up right now. So if you are interested in helping us, because we need a lot of help this year, um, or if you're interested in coming, we'd love for you to meet us right after church in the back green room. If you're a lady, sorry guys, but if you're a lady, please meet us back there. We do have the FFA Center um, uh, reserved, so that's good to go. We just want to make sure there's interest. And if there's not, that's okay. We can have a whole another year to prepare and get ready for next year. But if you're interested and you're like, I can go, please, please, please meet us in the back green room after this. Thank you. Okay. So ladies retreat. So you got a couple things to go to. Go to the 55 plus, sign up out there. Go to the ladies back there if you're interested. Um, next Sunday, we are going to, right after church, we're going to be having our, um, what we call our Jamaica. We've been doing this for two and a half years, trying to say we're going to Jamaica. I believe we're going next year. Dylan got a job in an orphanage, and he has his own church in the orphanage. And so we're going to go. We're going to help. We're gonna be, you're going to be with the kids. You're going to get to help his church. We're going to get to do some things for him personally. Uh, but we're going to go. If you haven't signed up, you, it's no big deal. You, you've got a, almost a year to, to, start, to start to raise money to go. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a, a little bit. Uh, it won't, you know, going to another country is never cheap. So, uh, but next Sunday, right after service, we'll be doing that. Uh, you, you need to know about that. And also, uh, then on the 29th, the two Sundays from today, we are having a uh, adult bonfire. And there won't be like adult beverages or anything like that, but it's just, it's just an adult. And everybody's like, I ain't coming. So we're going to have an adult bonfire just for adults. It'll be in the back 6 to probably 8 o'clock. Going to have a special speaker. I hope they say they're coming, so we'll see if they come. Uh, and then we're going to have uh, hot dogs, have you carry in some stuff. But, but kind of keep that night open. 
Uh, Lucas is doing a, a disc golf. Raise your hand, Lucas. Just, just raise it. Yeah, raise the other one too. Raise your head. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to see if he'll do it. He'll do it. He's going to be doing a disc golf. I think they're going to play disc golf somewhere today. So see him, and he will actually take you to a real disc golf place. Um, this is really sad. My hometown of Brookville has a disc golf course that they put down in their city park, and they're they're taking it out because they've been people been hitting people with the disc golfs, and so if they're they're I'm like, what in the world? That's the weirdest thing. So anyway, I don't not the not the we're going to hit people in the head. But, but I'm just saying, I, I saw that yesterday, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? That's the dumbest thing to see you hit with a Frisbee. Anyway, I've groaned on long enough. Have a great day. I love you so much. Let's listen to the band. Take, take, say hello to somebody on the way.